Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ball lightning. Meteorologists say yes. Ouija boards are way worse than drugs. Drugs are fantastic. Well, even the Ouija board, it moved a bit for us. It started moving around, and I'm like, wow, what an interesting scientific experiment. You know, I saw them lights. So I'm like, well, what a strange natural phenomena at night. Or I see them ghosts, I'm like, wow, I must be pretty fucking drunk. Uh, illusions, you know, you take some acid and you realise that, you know, seeing isn't always believing. <laughs> yeah, that was certainly the drugs, buddy. What you need is like when Cornelius Fudge sees Voldemort and he goes, he's back! And welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Hope you're doing all right on this lovely morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever time it is you're listening to us. Thank you for joining us. My name's Beef. Uh, I'll be hosting alongside uh, three other people tonight. I've got me um, the usual co-hosts. So say hello, Bobby Shoy. Hello, this is Bobby Shoy. And say hello, Adam Tiss. Hello. You guys all right? Yeah. Bit sunburnt. Sweet. I asked you as you had like a mouthful of tea. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. I was at a wedding a few days ago and I haven't been out and had a late night and been drinking for such a long time. And um, it was a long way away from home. So I had to drive back to Leeds the next morning and then it was, you know, back to work the next day and I'm still recovering. So I'm a bit groggy, but um, I'm powering through. I love that you made going to a wedding into like, oh, I just feel terrible. All about oh. me. Yeah, all about you, yeah. <laughs> That's what other people's weddings like. It was a lovely wedding. It was a really great <laughs> wedding. I will give it that. That's why I ended up staying to the end and drinking lots, because it was a great day. It was a really fun day. Oh, nice. I look like they had a nice time. So congrats, Rachel and Ian, who don't listen to this, but congratulations on your wedding. Well, that's all right. We'll, we'll tell them afterwards that you congratulated them yeah. uh, on the part. Uh, so I said at the start of the episode, we've got three. You're not going to ask how Tiss is, by the way. Well, yeah, go on then. How are you doing, Tiss? Yeah, I'm, I'm alright. Bit sunburnt. That's about it. I'm, I'm, I should be tired because I had a bit of a big weekend, but, um, just powering through. Trooper and I. Didn't you go to a rave? I did go to a rave, yeah. And I actually met a listener at the rave. Nice. Who I did. Tell us more. uh, Who is unlinked. Well, now we're friends, but yeah, uh, unlinked to my friendship group. So just listened independently of of anyone telling him to, which is great. Sweet. 
So Tiss felt like a celebrity nice. for one night only. Yeah, a little bit. That's about all you can man- manage, isn't it? Yeah. Just one night of celebrity status. <laughs> one night. Ooh. It is exciting. <laughs> it is really exciting to like meet a listener in the wild, like with no prompting or anything. It's an incredibly exciting mm. experience. It it doesn't it hasn't isn't oh we're not big enough where that's old to me. That's incredibly exciting. It's not happened to me before. It was wicked because um he's actually suggested um an episode that I'm gonna do. Not a whole episode, but just uh sort of story or tale or whatever you want to call it uh and the enthusiasm mm. he had for it really uh really reminded me of us back when we actually had enthusiasm for those types of stories <laughs> which makes me want to really listen to it hopefully through this run of episodes we'll reignite that spark because it's the whole point of it yeah definitely yeah. um yeah. so beef do you want to quickly introduce our other host and then we'll talk about what's going on this series I do, yeah. Uh, some of you guys will recognise his voice uh, if you listen to our revisited pods. Uh, otherwise, he's been on uh, a few of our pods before over the last few years. Uh, say hello, Mr. Rick. Hello, Mr. Rick. <laughs> it's a pleasure, guys. Good to be back. Thank you. Oh, thanks for coming, man. Lovely to have you again. Yeah, man. How are you doing? Uh, I'm nervous. I'm genuinely nervous. And I'm not quite sure why. It could be something about the content and my general demeanour. Uh, I don't want this to be confrontational, uh, so I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> Do you feel like you've got the, you're like tired of the sceptic brush on the pod because of all the revisits, we all, you always really come down <laughs> poo-pooing whatever subject and now you're worried because that's what we're covering, scepticism. I, I, I think so. Uh, I, I think, I think though, it's sort of like on, on reflection, after listening to the, the sort of last season of you guys talking and like your kind of reasons for doing this, I, I, I think sort of separately, I fell into my own kind of funk where I, I'm a big <laughs> lover of this sort of thing, but now I've gone massive skeptic on it. I want well, to believe. We're starting this run with the most sceptical person I know <laughs> for a reason, because it's going to be a journey, this run of episodes. So, Rick, you, you've been recruited for that reason. Tiss suggested mm. getting you in, and um, I think it's the right call. You're the only person who's been on two discussion episodes, Rick. But Honest. getting you in on a discussion feels like we've, we've got a ringer, because you're basically like, after after Bigfoot, you're like the fifth member of Weird Tales. Oh, well, I could never go that far. <laughs> you're like I'm an extra. <laughs> I'm, I'm a featured extra. Um, but for listeners, yeah, so what we're doing this series, this is the season of scepticism. So you, we, I, we started, we delayed the season a little bit. I put out my Weird Scotland one last time, but from now on, we've got a full length, uh, four, five episodes season. I forgot how many normal episodes we normally do then. Yeah, five episodes, and it's going to be like a real themed journey. We've got guests on every one. Um, and it's going to be us exploring ourselves because, uh, in the Poltergeist episode, Tiss started becoming very cynical and skeptical of paranormal and just, suggesting that we delve into skepticism and look at ourselves a little bit and the listener base on social media will say that's a great idea it's really cool and then we thought how can we milk this Uh, (laughs) and just get loads of free content so instead of one episode on it we've got four and then even the revisited at the end of the season is going to tie into it a little bit as well so um we've got we're starting off with a regular discussion episode just to look at what is skepticism like well not what is skepticism but our thoughts on skepticism you know how discussion episodes where we throw questions and talking points and we ponder on them and we're going to talk about skepticism for an hour and a half or however long we talk for uh to really just sort of 
introduce the whole season of skepticism before we look at our past, present and future for the next three episodes and our relationship with belief and skepticism. So yeah, different guests on every episode is going to be a really fun, different series. And hopefully we're going to come out the other side of it revitalized. And we've got some really cool guests. Sounds exciting. Did I, did I do it all okay? Did I explain it okay? <laughs> that sounds fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. I, I don't know how else you could have described it really. Mm. Yeah. And, and at least you're honest. We are milking it. Yeah. We're milking it. It could have been one episode, but I thought, you know, it's fun. We've got different, different guests can point at different things. It's going to be, mm. we've got different cool plans for each episode. It's not just going to be four discussion episodes in a row. It's, you know, it's going to be interesting. So tonight we're talking about skepticism. Bum, bum, bum. Tis, um, Tis requested this. Oh, God. Literally, if you, as listeners, if you listen to the Poltergeist episode, Tis said, we should do a discussion episode on skepticism. We should have Rick on it. It was all in the episode. And then he texts me an hour and a half ago saying, <laughs> so what, what are we doing? I haven't got any questions. I haven't really, I don't know what to talk about. I was like, mate, the this is your is, idea. I love talking about things. Or I love the idea that we're going to talk about things, but I also don't know what I'm talking about. That's, that's part of it. Everything I but suggest. That's the whole point of a discussion episode, isn't it? Exactly. You kind of peel the onion <laughs> as the episode goes on. Yeah. But I feel like I, um, yeah, I should be the first one to ask a question. But then, well, this happened before, so didn't we? it? What was the last discussion episode this happened on? <laughs> Probably the last one we did. Um, it was the one, last one that Rick was on. Rick, what did we talk about last time? Oh, Christ, what did we talk about? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So much has happened. <laughs> I actually don't even know how this is terrible. Oh, well, anyway, on that one, Tiss suggested it, and oh, wasn't it? Um, it was something. Oh, it was. A... <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm going to remember at the end of this. About religion, episode. I remember that much. Yeah, because it was loosely based on we did like yeah. the responses from hell, and it was all about that that era we talked about. Um, it did come up, bring up religion of some sort. I'm just going to look while you guys carry on with the episode because otherwise it's going to annoy me and all the listeners too. Basically, I did exactly the same thing. I suggested we should talk about something and then I just drew a blank on talking about it. Or I think I just lost interest talking about it. I can't remember what it was. It was the soul. It was dire. It was the soul. That's why it got Thank into religion you. and it's why it's kind of linked into this as well. Kind of. You can, I remember you that. Can, yeah, you can approach sin, um, skepticism in a religious way or not. We're sort of talking about it as a whole and more what got us talking about it is when we was talking about like Oh, finding it harder and harder to believe in like ghost stories and stuff after doing this for five years and all that stuff. So I'm sure religious stuff's going to come into it because it always does. It's one of the main sort of themes of the pod. But, um, yeah, skepticism. So Tiss, do you want to start us or have you really got nothing? Yeah, I'll start. Um, <laughs> that's a good place to start with your head in your hands. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is like, a really sort of introductory question for each of us. Um, how how much does each of you guys rate yourselves as a skeptic from one to ten? How skeptical do you think? And when I say skeptical, I mean like when you approach a sub any subject, what level of skepticism do you go into it with off the bat, no matter what right. it is? And what made you get to that point? Were you always that sceptical instantly, or have you been open-minded? It's kind of a big question, but... Yeah, there's a lot going on there. 
Um, there was like four yeah. questions. I know, Rick, I'll let hmm. you start because you're probably going to be on the higher end of the spectrum. So you want to know, on a rating of one to ten, how would you rate yourself as a skeptic when being introduced to new subjects? And hmm. how do you think you came to be that way? <laughs> Okay. So I would, I would say these days I'm probably going in a, a sort of seven or eight on the, on the skepticism st- scale. Uh, when I was younger, it was much lower. I would approach everything with an open, well, pretty much an open mind and, but not be ready to necessarily believe. So like mm. a lot of my introduction to the world of the paranormal was stuff like watching, um, uh, like 40 in TV on Channel 4 or one that you reminded me of uh, in the last season, Bob, Strange But True. That, yeah. that opened up a Pandora's box for me. I'd completely I forgotten about that. I think that's the one that. that got me started, so yeah. Mm. And it was just all sort of staying up late, sneaking stuff on telly and, and it, watching all these things that I wasn't supposed to and then, you know, eventually the internet and... Ah, oh, it, for the listeners, he's showing me the Strange But True book. That is beautiful. <laughs> why has Aspel got a crystal ball? <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? Because they are strange, but they're also true. <laughs> Question mark. True. Who knows? <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. In, in terms of in terms of the sort of stuff I used to believe, like I I I still feel that I saw a UFO when I was younger. I saw something that was weird up in the sky, flying about, pulling strange maneuvers. But these days, if I was to see something similar i would probably try and observe it for longer and i'd be more questioning and and i, I think it's just something that sort of came growing up a little bit my my head got kind of pulled out of all these fantasies and although i was still interested in the paranormal and the strange there was never anything to back it up there was never any actual decent compelling evidence and you know i, I searched around it wasn't just like i was waiting for it to come to me i scoured the internet watching all these like ufo videos ghost stories, you know, strange religious experiences, no matter what it is, I'm, I'm a, just a fan of the weird and the paranormal. But it was the lack of evidence, and it killed it for me. Absolutely killed it. So yeah, these days, I'm, I'm pretty bloody sceptical when I approach most things. But I still, I, I still would like it to be true. Do you think it's getting worse? Do you think you're becoming more sceptical? As I've got older, yes. I, I don't yeah. think I'm ever going to get to the point where it's just like a brick wall going, no, I don't believe. But right. Yeah, it's it's got a lot worse as I've got older. To be honest, Rick, that was um, a lower rating than I was expecting you to give yourself. Oh. I thought you were going to come in and be like, 10. Now, <laughs> to me, 10 is just like, straight away, you're like, nah, I don't believe this. Like, right. You've really got impressed me to even get me thinking about this. To, to be honest, the way Tiss worded the question, to me, sort of changed what I would approach it as. Because if he said, you know, how much of a sceptic do you think you are? I would probably come in and be like, 8 or 9. But when he says when you're approaching a new subject and you're listening out for the first time, how much of a sceptic are you? I don't think I am that high. I think I am more like a like a seven, like you said, because I'm willing to listen and, and sort of make my own mind up. I don't come in thinking, nah, straight away and mm. looking for a no. I want to hear about new things and um, I am interested in, the, in that strange stuff. But the main thing that you said there, which really rung about me, was... Um, as you've got older and i'm like yeah it's the same it's age has has destroyed me Mm. um the older i get the more skeptical i feel because i remember being a teenager and visiting abandoned buildings and being like it's haunted we're looking for ghosts there's definitely stuff here um and now i think i would not be so creeped out visiting an abandoned building i think i'd just walk in (laughs) 
It, interestingly, so this just come to me skepticism-wise in recent history. You remember our little investigation over at the Devil's Bridge when we, yes. we saw those lights? Yeah, that's now, what I was about to bring up. So yeah, good. Oh, there you go. So I remember in my mind those lights. They were not fireflies. They weren't mm. in the sky. They were darting in and out of those trees. I saw them in multiple positions and yeah. in two different colours. But even now, looking back on that, my mind's going to probably just fireflies. And I've got no yeah. reason to think that, because I remember what I was thinking at the time. It's it was so weird. I was about to ask you that, because it was incredibly surreal. Mm. Um, and as two sceptics out at night, neither of us were like creeped out. We're like, oh, this is like an eerie atmosphere, but we weren't like, oh, I'm not going in there. It was just sort mm. of like very casually walking in, investigating, talking about the history of the place. Um, not the sort of like, oh, jittery teen I would have been yeah. as a younger man walking in there. But when we started seeing that strange phenomena i wasn't creeped out i was more like investigative like what the hell is that what trying to work it out and it's happening right in front of my eyes and it wasn't Mm. like as we noticed it it then stopped it was then oh no there it is again oh there it is again and moving around like what is this yeah i know from my memory that it wasn't fireflies because the colors and and the movement and stuff like that i still have no idea what it is i Mm. consider that a genuine weird weird paranormal phenomena Mm. or not like whatever it was it wasn't something i could explain in that moment yeah um and that gave me like a glimmer of hope against my skepticism like oh there's (laughs) magic still out there you see the the difference between old me and me now is i want to go out there and debunk that so i want to get out there put up some gopros in the area like cameras facing different angles and record it it's it's the scientific side of it for me now, yeah. the 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 study and the analysis of something to try and get to the root of it. And I think that's something that's made me a lot more sceptical. Hmm. I think it's I think that I, I think the the issue with that scenario is that it was pitch black or mm-hmm. really dark, right? Yeah. Um, it was late and, at night, yeah. And you often we often rely on our senses to tell us what things are. So if you can't see something, then it's initially going to be something you probably going to dismiss because you can't believe it if you can't see it if that makes sense yeah so Mm -hmm. i I, yeah i I feel like i would probably be the same if i was in that situation it'd be more a case of just almost just like bewildered like what is that i don't understand Mm. what that is but in the daytime you probably wouldn't see it and there's probably a reasonable explanation for for what it was Yeah. Um, oh, there's you, definitely uh, a reason. If you reservation, had a show on the so. Discovery Channel, you'd probably be like, "Whoa!" It's yeah, you'd have ghost. to really egg it up. That's why I felt hard <laughs> trying to do it for the podcast because neither of us were like, "Whoa, you're not going to believe this, guys." We were like, <laughs> oh, "It was very hard for me to get across what I was seeing without being like, it's incredible. I don't know what this is,' and hamming it up, which we didn't do. But listeners, it was strange. I think I think we just sounded confused because we're just like oh yeah, it's not exactly. airplanes oh isn't that weird oh <laughs> yeah running through what it could be sorry listeners um i i just so so based on the original question for me it's very similar to to what rick says i'm not approaching stuff as a brick wall i would say i probably approach stuff with like a seven but then after that very quick preliminary sort of introduction to it i i will sort of tick more skeptical or less depending what i hear and normally as i've got older i probably tick up to an eight pretty quickly maybe even a nine mm. uh, <laughs> depending on what i'm hearing straight away a bit like tis with the ball lightning last time <laughs> <laughs> you were having none of that ball lightning oh no yeah, tis i listened to that episode ball lightning is totally a thing man there's some crazy Yay! instances of it yeah like there's there's one instance i think it was in london where a, a ball was seen hopping around outside someone's <laughs> house and it blew a hole in their wall <laughs> There you go. 
It's it's a studied <laughs> phenomenon, dude. Check it Jack, out. Jack the Zapper. Nah, <laughs> can't believe it. Bull lightning is bullshit. <laughs> Mate, bullshit lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, just God. get back on those mushrooms and have a look. <laughs> yeah. Mate, no amount of mushrooms is going to show me something that crazy. <laughs> Come from the man who said he talked to aliens on, on mushrooms. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I love I love when you talk about it on the pod. I had a lot of memory of it because I'm revisiting old episodes for a future thing. And you said, I don't want... When you finally like opened up about when you took mushrooms, you said, I don't... I was really sceptical about telling you because I don't want to be the <laughs> arsehole that said I spoke to aliens, but... I spoke to aliens. It was almost like you were annoyed that it happened. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Beef, go on. Uh, it's your turn to answer Tissy's question. Uh, I don't know. I think it's probably... I, I guess I'd have to rate myself a little bit lower. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I probably have to almost answer this in a jewel-like way. So I think... But then, in t- I think in terms of my faith, uh, I mean, obviously, to believe in a god, I'd have to be a little bit mental. Um, <laughs> so no comment. <laughs> so I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't rate myself. I, I think really though, like I would probably say I'm more like some of the some of the Christians that I've come into contact with or over the years would probably put you know you'd probably put themselves on like a zero or a one like every everything is everything is mm-hmm. uh, you could relate it back to god like you or you could um like mm-hmm. and and maybe once upon a time i probably would have been the same i probably would have thought the same again when when i was a teenager maybe or maybe younger probably been a bit more open to that um but you, you st- I still talk to people now and like every now and then you you get I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. I can't really think of an example, but something like, um, oh, uh, someone in my family's really ill. It's the devil, you know? And I think right. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe they're just ill. <laughs> I don't, I don't. That's the danger. <laughs> that's the danger of a religious faith and being too encompassed in it where anything that happens in your life, it's that yeah. it takes away any of your own agency or any agency yeah. of the world. Um, I think that's the, the the worry of that. But I would say, Beef, put the uh, religious stuff aside for a moment because we'll probably come to that as it goes. Like, I feel like that's a different facet of skepticism. That's a whole different thing, I guess, mm. in terms of like the paranormal and and um, and the unexplained. Yeah, because I feel like even and I feel like even as like you would say, you're probably less of a skeptic mm. because you have a faith mm. and it makes you more open to stuff. But I also feel like when it comes to ghosts and ghoulies, as the pods come on, you've even become more skeptical on that. Uh, I don't think I have. I, I really don't Ooh. think I have Ooh. at all. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, but I think even with my faith, I still question, you know, and that was why it was mm. really important to me to study theology because I needed to, I thought the least I can do is, is, back up what i believe i can't i can't just um yeah it feels almost irresponsible to kind of say this is what i believe and not be able to back it up or at least understand why i believe it or look into the different kinds of things that um that are out there so i think that was why it's really important for me to study and i'll i'll now keep studying now i don't want to keep um i don't want to just stop it i think it's important for me anyway, just to keep going. 
Um, but yeah, ghosts and things like that. I, I guess I've probably always, yeah, because of my faith, I suppose I've always, just, I think again, because you, um, yeah, when you hear these, when you hear stories, I think it depends on who it is. So for example, we talked about Charlie. Now I'm right. probably far more inclined to believe Charlie, uh, than I would be some random guy on the Discovery Channel or like on paranormal TV. Like I'm going to probably like when Charlie told us that story, we we were all freaked like freaked out because yeah. we know Charlie, we know she's not a liar. She's not what is she going to gain from that other than I love getting carried along as a as a skeptic, I love getting carried along with like a good ghost story. Yeah. Because even good storytelling will capt- capture me. Yeah. And make me forget all my skepticism. So whether yeah. or not I believe in a, a ghost story or not, or believe in ghosts, if someone tells me a cool ghost story, mm. I will. It has to be a good one, but I will get that thrill of getting carried along with it and like, oh, I'm getting the creeps. Yeah, <laughs> that I love that. I love that feeling. Yeah. One that actually got me since starting to listen to you guys was uh, your story. Actually, beef. Remember the one when you was overseas and you met that chap and you said, I, th- I think it was like you saw uh, a f- like a twisted face appear on his on his stomach. Oh, yeah, was it? Yeah. 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 Now, <clears throat> now you know I've, I've, we don't know each other well, admittedly, but I've met you a few times. You're a mm. decent bloke. You're rational. You seem to have your head screwed on. Oh, thanks. And so by 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 yeah, believing that, I have to to a degree believe your story because if not, you're insane to me. So <laughs> yeah. like, that's that, that's one of those ones when I heard it, and I was like, "Fuck!" It's like he's, he's seen something there. Obviously, I've mm. got no way of disproving yeah. it. You know, nor would I ever try to. But that's something that that sort of tips more towards the 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 end of me believing it than being skeptical about it because of the mm. veracity of the source. You gain nothing yeah. from lying about that. No, exactly. I look mental by saying stuff like that. And I think it's probably, <laughs> I think if, if anything, it's not that I've become more skeptical. I just think maybe it, it does come down to the source, you know, and I think a lot of these stories we do like a weird news and we just pick up something <laughs> off the Daily Mail or the Daily Sport <laughs> or something rather than like you say, like, you know, I, when I told that story, um, I don't remember, obviously I'm paraphrasing, but I remember I, it was pretty much like, this is what I saw. Like, I don't know what you guys think of this, but I remember what I saw and this is what it was. And I'm not saying it was a, some kind of demonic activity, but I couldn't explain it and I still can't explain it. Um, I, I found it absolutely mind blowing. I mean, for you, would you say that was something that, that maybe opened you up a little bit more to paranormal experiences? Yeah, I guess I think I, I think what probably made it feel more real to me was that I wasn't looking for it. Like I, mm. I'd been told that the villages we were going to, like they have witch doctors there. Um, you know, to me, like witch doctors, voodoo, all that stuff just felt really like alien. Like that is, I don't even know what to think of that stuff. And so mm. it didn't feel real because it's so disconnected to my life. As a skeptic, I think I would be scared. I don't mm. know why, even though I That's don't. That's interesting necessarily believe in anything half the time um if someone said to me do you want to go and see a witch doctor i don't know if i would because i i the part of me that wants to try everything would be like yeah of course mm. but there's a difference between going over nikki's house and getting her to read my tarot on the on the podcast <laughs> than going in some little witch doctor's tent you know what i mean that gets quite, you to like drink in the middle of africa like yeah i know that sounds awesome 
and I'd love to to see more of Africa. I've only mm. been to like real North Africa. I'd love to see more of Africa, but also the the idea of getting in a tent with a witch doctor and he's gonna do that seems quite creepy and supernatural in a different way. But is that more like a fear of the unknown kind of thing? It is. It all comes down to fear of the unknown. Mm. And I don't, I don't know why, because because in media, I guess it's depicted as such a other thing, mm. witch doctors and, and voodoo and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that. And it's not, it's not the cultural aspect because I've been all over the world and love talking to people with different cultures and stuff like that. That stuff doesn't phase me. I don't know what it is or why I would feel like scared to go and see a witch doctor. Probably because I would think he's going to like put some, give me drugs or something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I don't I like think... being out of control. Well, they're quite like the, the ones I've, the ones I've met are, um, very like striking. And yeah, like, even though we don't, it. we don't speak the same language, we don't have anything in common. Our cultures are completely different. Like they carry like a presence with them, and I think it's because everyone in the village that they live in is pretty much terrified of them because, um, like they've and a part of me is like, well, why? Like, and so my my rational thought is like, well, maybe or like kind of rational, but kind of I'm like, well, maybe it's a chance then that he can't like there is stuff that he does which is a bit weird, or maybe they've witnessed something they can't explain, and I think what made it uh blew my mind even more was that it was like completely. It was like daytime. It was like one o'clock in the afternoon. It was mm. pitched like if it was if it was nighttime, I'd be like, oh, I just made that up, or that wasn't. I was just seeing something in the dark. I wasn't really focusing. But um, I'd like to think that even as a Christian, I still weigh things up a lot, and I still, when it comes to hearing like stories or people's testimony of stuff they've seen, it to me it really really does come down to who is it that's telling me this and. Mm. Why are you telling me and all that kind of stuff? Um, so I would say I probably class myself as, even though I am a Christian, I still class myself as a pretty rational thinking one. <laughs> like, especially some, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've met some very interesting people who probably show me that I'm kind of like middle. I'm like centrist. I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't really answer your question, but, um. So as a number, um, Hard, hard to give yourself a number, isn't it? Boil, boil it down to a number. It, I'd, it would have to be lower than you guys, then, I suppose, wouldn't it? So maybe five. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's pretty balanced. Like I'm going to weigh, th- yeah. I'm going to weigh stuff up. But I'm yeah, probably I'm more, more inclined a to. I'm going to be a little bit higher than that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be, but <laughs> I'm and I think, I think also, and maybe this is because I'm very childlike in my thinking or something. But I'm, incl- I'm more inclined to believe someone when they talk to me than. Like I'm gonna want a reason to discredit you before I'm gonna want to give everyone a chance before they mm-hmm. before I poo poo what they're saying. So anyway. you brought up weird news there and the nutters we see on weird news and it makes you go like, no, this is rubbish. Do you think weird news has made us more skeptical? Just that one off <laughs> yes. show that we do once or twice a year because by the end of recording a weird news episode, we're all like, fucking hell, these you know fucking what it is? idiots. I think it's a combo. I think it's because we all approach weird news in a silly way. And yeah. for some reason, whenever we record it, we're tired. We look, we look for the r- most rubbish stories. Yeah, we well. always. I think we purposefully look for the r- most ridiculous thing. You're trying to get a reaction out of each other. Yeah, exactly. So I think actually that's probably not made it. Yeah, we're probably more skeptical of that kind of stuff because of weird news. Hmm. But what about you, Tiss? You've you've not put yourself anywhere yet. Yeah. What's your number? Um, 
I think pretty much what Beef said, to be honest, that it, it really does matter where the information's coming from. That is, like, the most relevant part. I'd definitely say I'm, like, probably similar to Beef, to be honest, a five, but if it's coming from, like, ancient aliens or something, I'm, like, ten. Ten sceptical. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just say nonsense and then say ancient alien, down. you know, archivists say this, say that could be true, and it's just... It's nonsense. Those TV shows are pure nonsense. Um, and the same as those news articles we pick out with the most crazy yeah. people. It's like on like morning shows when they get like vegans on, they get the most absolutely nuts yeah. people yeah. just to be like, oh, mm-hmm. here's a normal vegan. Let's see what they think. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, let's put cows through college and shit like that. Something just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, just no one thinks that. No one thinks that. But it's just, that's the sort of people we get exposed to. But if it comes, even like when I was speaking to that guy at the weekend at the rave about this crazy story, you know, if, if, if I'd seen it on Ancient Aliens, instantly I'd be like, that's bollocks. But, it's, you know, the way yeah. that he was sort of like, oh, have you heard about this? And, you know, riffing it off, it kind of, not that I definitely believed it or, you know, but it just made me interested. It's easy to get carried away. Like other people's enthusiasm be- become uh, intoxicating if you're aware with them. Yeah. I love that feeling of someone's telling me something excitedly and they actually capture me up in it. Like, mm. Even if I look back on it and go, why did I get all carried away about that? At the, t- at the time, it's really fun to get like carried away with something yeah. from someone else's enthusiasm. I probably uh, stifled the scepticism because it's more fun to get carried away with it than to, you know, mm. take him down the path of, well, you know, it's probably bollocks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I, I think you're right, though. I think me- media plays a massive role in what we, in, in the way we, come to our conclusions and i think it's like you said bob i think if you're reporting on something you're going to want you're going to find the most controversy otherwise it's not worth making like if it's a documentary mm. you're not going to make like a boring run of the mill you want to go for yeah the craziest stuff so like da vinci um, was an alien or something like that or isaac yeah, exactly. newton was yeah, an alien them, them stupid headlines yeah, yeah. No one but my wife Rachel wants to watch just like a run of the mill history documentary about like with stone cold facts. <laughs> like, like most people want to watch something just a bit mental That's uh, ju- and just watch up. some crazy stuff. Sorry, zhuzhed up or zhuzhed up history, zhuzhed up, yeah. Zhuzh it up, Sherlock, yeah. That's what our show was going to be called if Discovery picked us up. Zhuzhed up history. <laughs> <laughs> It fell through because none of us could decide on how we were going to spell zhuzh. Um, yeah, I love, I love that we've had one question and we're like half an hour into this episode. So th- mm. this is, this is why it needed to be a full series because there's so much to talk about when it comes to skepticism. It is like the crux of the whole podcast, really, like our belief and what we think about things and, you know, if we want to investigate stuff. And, mm. um, so. We sort of touched on it a little bit there. I think it's a good time to move into, um, is there a difference between religious skepticism and other kinds of skepticism? Is there, is there a difference between that? And, uh, Tiss, I'll let, I'll ask you first because, um, you started that one. 
Is there a difference between religious skepticism and normal skepticism? Yeah. Like not normal, just uh, just any other type of skepticism. I like, guess uh, skepticism in the parent, like lump every all the stuff we talk about, like ghosts, ghoulies, mm. uh, <laughs> other words for ghosts. I guess it's that uh, thing about <laughs> the source, isn't it? The source. I'm very right. skeptical of religions that try to sell me their religion. I'm less skeptical of religions who are sort of like, this is my religion. You can't be part of it. <laughs> Cause I'm like, oh. But you would say, you would say the people who are trying to sell the religion are trying to do it to save your soul. Um, they're doing it in a selfless way. No, no. What? They're trying to sell? No, they're not doing it in a selfless way at all. No. For sure not. Never. <laughs> mm. No, I agree with you. <laughs> like, um, you know, people that knock, knock on the door and, and mean, try and put the fear of when God. When you say, like Jehovah's Witnesses. I suppose it's like the vegan thing. I suppose it's like the vegan thing where like the the vegans are never gonna convince you. We talked about this on on the episode on the last discussion episode. The vegans are never gonna convince you by standing on a bin and shouting at you. No. Um so if if a religious person really does want to sell your save your soul, they would should know better than to come and shower you and push pamphlets in your face because they know that that's not going to work. Just like any rational person should know you aren't going to convert someone into a vegan by shouting in their face. So I yeah, guess definitely. what they would do is want you to discover that faith yourself. You need to, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, um, as a Christian, I find this really interesting um, I mean, obviously very, it does grieve me when I see people do stuff like that because I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're gonna, I don't know what they're expecting to gain by doing stuff like that, you know? Uh, and I think if I was to, if I'm to think about the way that Jesus lived his life, none of it was about gaining followers. Like none of the way he approached people was because I, I'm going to create a new religion like he just whenever he met with people he just served a need or whatever it was so people would come to him because they needed healing or something like that or um like uh, if there was an occasion like all the times where he would meet with the other religious leaders to get them to stop judging people or you like there's whereas when yeah you do get christians who you know, their sole purpose is to go out and try and convert as many people as possible. And I just find mm. that like a really, it just feels like a really countercultural thing to do for me. Like the church is there to serve people. I was really proud to be a part of a church and still, but mainly through the pandemic last year that, that actively served people, you know, so we were doing lots of meals for people and we still, you know, the food bank was, like busier than ever and you know we've done an awful lot which is that's to me that's what a church is if you're not doing that kind of stuff then you can't call yourself a church so um yeah so i think tis i and i know what you're trying to say i like i think like to me it just doesn't seem biblical even that you your sole focus would focus would be to try and bring someone to your faith it doesn't seem biblical to me in that sense that they would go about it that way yeah the um, I, I guess what you're saying, and it's it's like what Tiss is saying as well. The veganism, and I think it's what we touched on last time. It's like you you're gonna gain followers, um, through actions, not words. If you yeah. tell someone to do something, they're not necessarily gonna do do it. If they see you do something and what they see is good, they're gonna want to do that too. Mm. Um, so if you shout on a bin at someone, say 
don't eat meat, they're going to go fuck off and go probably go and eat a sandwich in front of you to piss you <laughs> off because you pissed them off. Get a big lie. If, yeah, if subway. you're in the canteen, if you're in staff canteen and you're cooking up your leftover dinner from last night and it smells fucking great, and they're like, what are you eating? And you're like, oh, mm. it's, you know, it's a, you know, lentil and butternut squash dal I made last night. And they're like, oh, that smells awesome. Then they might go home and say, oh, I want to try that and cook it themselves. That's, that's, it's, it's actions not worth. So you say like when Jesus is traveling, he's doing deeds and people are following him because they're seeing the good he's doing. He's not saying, follow me. Cause you go, why would I? Who are you? Yeah. So it's actions, not words. As the old, as the old saying goes, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Rick, I'll let, I'll let you talk about it from the other side then. <laughs> well, difference between religious skepticism and other types. Yeah. I've, I've had a little bit of a chance to, to chew it over and, and my initial reaction was, hell yeah, they are different. But really on reflection, I, I don't think they're that much different because, you know, essentially if you look at religion as a bunch of crowdsourced stories all dumped into a book, it's about your belief in those stories. And, you know, is the, the source that's telling you that, do you have enough faith and stock in that to to believe that and, and take that on board. I think the reason that religious skepticism may be seen as something a little bit different is perhaps because what it entails and, you know, when we're starting to bring in like the eternal soul and things like that, I think that's where it differs from being skeptical of you know, sort of your average paranormal in a big way. Hmm. See, for me, I think probably like you, Rick, in my head, they're all wrapped up together hmm. because it's like, well, I'm not, I don't have a faith um, and no sort of leniences towards any faith. And also I'm pretty skeptical about other things. So it's easy to wrap it all up and just think of skepticism as like, well, I don't believe in this and I also don't believe in that. And it's all, it's all similar. And so maybe, yeah, maybe they are, are it is similar to, cause it's what you believe in based on. If I say I'm a skeptic, I don't think that should say anything about my religious beliefs, though. But then I think people mm. would take it as like, oh, he's skeptical, so he probably isn't religious. I think it's, that shouldn't really, oh, I'm getting tied up on myself here. I'm, I'm like jumping back oh, and forth from one argument to the I other. I see where you're coming from. I, I think, I think some of that ties into maybe the sort of rise of, I, I don't quite like the word militant, but, you know, militant atheism. You know, when yeah. you had these, these big speakers coming out and being like, no, fuck Christianity. You know, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was a bit much, you know, cause I'm, I'm very much live and let live. Let everyone believe what they want to believe as long as you're not hurting each other. I think that extreme, like new atheism, as they called it, has really died yeah. down now. It was a real sort of like early 2000s edge lordly yeah. speaking out against, ah, oh, you know, fuck the world, all that stuff. You know, um, I think it left a lot in its wake though. People would have real like overly blasphemous t-shirts walking around just to be like, guess what? I don't believe in God. Yeah, like, all the right. bus slogans. Yeah. N- neither do I, but I'm not like, you know, needling everyone else. Mm. This yeah. guy over here, I don't know if he does or not because he hasn't got a shout about it. They're, they're just as bad as the, they're just as bad as the religious people shouting you on the corner. Those sorts yeah. of atheists. They're, they're, they are the worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, they're all going about things the wrong way, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, what about you though, Bob? I want to know what your, your opinions is on, on, on this matter. Well, that's, I'm, I've, as much as I've asked it, I'm getting sort of like caught around the axle on this because in one, one minute I'm thinking, you know, oh yeah, there's no difference really. It's all, it's all tied up in my head. Like I just said, like the same thing. Like I'm, mm. I'm a generally skeptical person. I've never really thrown in any religion. I've never really, as much as I love ghost stories and stuff, 
I wouldn't say I actually believed in ghosts and aliens. I'm pretty skeptical of. Um, but is there a difference between it? I think there has to be. I think there has to be because I think you can be religious and also not believe in aliens. And I think you can be a diehard alien cryptozoology nut and be a complete atheist. Hmm. But then also, is it just another facet? I could also believe in ghosts and not aliens. Yeah. This is an interesting question I've got for you guys, because this is, this is a matter that's been going on for some time between you three. Um, right. I know what your thoughts are on it, Bob, but the Ouija board, and Bob wanted to have a go on it. So right. I, I know both Beef and Tiss, I know you don't want Bob to do it, but I'm sure your reasons are different. I don't want to lead you, so would you both just be able to tell me what your reasons are for him not not wanting him to do it? If you if you can remember me doing it five, four or five years ago, when you said, don't do it, yeah, your your individual reasons for not wanting me to do it. Yeah, that's interesting. Beef, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. I guess for me, it was just it's just one isolated incident. Um, yeah, do you like? I I do remember. Um, I'm sure you guys do. I feel like in the 90s, you could buy a Ouija board in any like toy shop. Mm. They were just everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I think you probably could still could buy them in toy shops. But I remember it was like a toy. It was sold as a toy um in the 90s and so i remember going around someone's house and um yeah like they had one and you know they're like oh we should play this cool game i've got this new game so i you know we just sat down and i kind of recognized what it was but i wasn't i wasn't a christian at the time but i just remember my parents mentioning them but like neither neither of them were like don't do it Mm. um i just think um like, I just remember my mum talking about it. She was like, oh, yeah, I'm not really sure about them. I don't know what they, like, I'm not really sure. Um, and yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it just, uh, I can't, you know, I can't even remember what, like, what happened. I just remember it f- making me feel very uncomfortable, very uneasy. Um, and I think it freaked me out the way that the, uh apparatus on the board was i don't know what it was and maybe that was just maybe that's just the way the game was designed i'm not sure i don't know how they work but to me it just freaked me out like the whole evening really um shook me Mm. and and also my friends as well who all of them were probably very similar to to you guys like probably like yeah not i'd like very very far away from any kind of religion um yeah, and I, I think just from from stories I'd heard as I've grown up, uh, it I haven't apart from that. Like, I guess when you actually then did one with with um, Sean, like I don't know many where people have felt like I don't know. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. I, I guess. That's, that's interesting. I, I kind of assumed it would be a, a sort of a religious lilt and sort of like toying with your soul kind of thing, communicating with the devil sort of sort of jazz, but maybe that's me just being a bit silly. Is it one of those things where it's like maybe it is and maybe it isn't, but on the chance it is uh, uh, linked to like, you know, the demons or or any, any whatever that realm is, if the chances if it is, maybe don't dabble. It's a bit like don't, do drugs i know you know you said like oh i feel like if i did it once i'd be the bastard who died from it the one time i did it so is it like well mm. maybe it's linked to like you know demons and this and that or maybe it isn't but if it is do you really want to risk it 
I think because I, I think so. I think probably as I've got older, I've probably I've heard story after story of of demonic activity or or what I would class as that anyway, or stuff like that, or people who have been possessed, whatever you want to call it. Um, and some of those people, you know, dabbled with, dabbled with like Ouija boards and the occult and, or like the Ouija board was almost like the gateway drug into <laughs> other things. Hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I wasn't like, mate, don't. And like refused and then like burnt it in front of you. Like it wasn't, I was just, no. I think it was, yeah, maybe, maybe it was just a case of, oh, it's interesting. Maybe there is a link. Maybe there's not. But if there is, then probably don't want to do it. You were both unkeen on me doing it and you were bothered enough by it to both feel like you wanted to cleanse my home afterwards in, in different ways. Tiss didn't want it in the room. Yeah. It was in your van, wasn't it? Yeah. So Tiss, yeah. What, what, same question to you then? Um, First of all, conflating drugs and Ouija boards. Ouija boards are way worse than drugs. Drugs are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way. Um, yeah, I, if Ouija boards are just fucked up. They're just crazy. I think the same reason I wouldn't do a Ouija board and I wouldn't want one in the same room or house as me is the same reason I wouldn't go to a haunted place at night. I don't actually know if there's ghosts or something going on, but I'm not going to roll those dice definitely not going to roll those dice mm, gotcha. um yeah it's just something not too sure about probably don't have a lot of stock in it but at the same time it just seems like a massive massive risk and yeah this is just it's just bad bad uh bad things about ouija boards actually i was talking about ouija boards at the rave with a few people and uh, the guy that I was speaking to, Jack, was sort of... Uh, Typical rave conversation. <laughs> bringing it up, he just sort of said, oh, you know, you guys didn't want to be on uh, the Ouija board episodes, didn't like being around the Ouija board. Yeah, I don't fuck with Ouija boards, man. And then someone else ch- chimed in and was like, yeah, I don't fuck with them either. And, you know, it was a pretty hmm. huge consensus that we don't fuck with Ouija boards. I think that you guys not mm. wanting to do it and me having to outsource people to do it with and then me playing you the audio back made for better material anyway. Yeah, 100%. I think it was a really fun, fun, episode, <laughs> fun couple of episodes. It was. It was good. I think it, I think it to me, because of, I guess, because of my faith, the occult is a, is a real thing. Or, or I've witnessed stuff which, stuff which I would link to the occult. Um, and so, yeah, people have made those links. So I've never, apart from that one time when I was a kid, I've never spent an awful lot of time around them or really mm. got into it. But I think like Tiss, it was more just a case of uh, just maybe just leave it just in case. I think <laughs> like, I would say for Tiss, uh, not to put words in your mouth, you talk about like things having positive and negative energy mm. and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I think when you talk about going in a haunted house at night or being in the same room as a Ouija board, I think for you, it's more just like the feeling it gives you. Like this feels like negative energy. It doesn't make me feel good, so I want to remove myself from it. Yeah, it's probably also um, that those things manifest uh, certain thought patterns in my own mind because of maybe a belief that I have deep down that maybe there's a possibility those things are real. So mm. as soon as that manifests itself or the thought of it manifests, like, you know, when you, um, 
you go to a haunted house and you're hearing noises everywhere. You're always hearing noises or you're mm-hmm. hearing, oh, this, oh, that. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like you're, you're on tender hooks as soon as you start doing it. So it's as much psychological as it is, uh, reality. And really those two aren't that dissimilar because we do inwardly d- sort of develop, create the world from, from the in- inside out. It's, it's like almost in some horror fiction that there are writers have written about beings where it's like they exist because you believe in them. So if you go to a haunted house and hear a noise, it might be nothing, but your belief that it was something creates the something yeah. that it might have been in your mind. And the more you get creeped about, the more it is manifesting as a real being. I love, I love that kind of yeah. horror. Mm-hmm. Insanity. <laughs> So, um, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Beef, have you got a question or talking point you want to put to us? Yeah, uh, some of them have been answered already, so I need to just quickly remind myself which ones I've got left. Yeah, I've got like a page of notes, but like we're we're hitting my bullet points naturally anyway. Um, Actually, actually, I've got quite a few left, which we've not mentioned. I suppose this one is more for Bob and Rick. Um, As someone who I would class myself probably as less sceptical as the both of you, and Tiss and I balanced ourselves out on a five, each of us, at the start of the episode, uh, what, what do you think would have to happen, if anything, um, for you guys to drop down the scale? A little bit. What would have to happen to you if, yeah, if anything at all, for you to be like, whoa, okay, mm, this is good yeah. question. I like that. For me, it was like we said earlier, seeing is believing. I, mm. I think I'm at the stage where I need to be able to get my eyes on something. Like secondhand accounts are all well and good. They've got their place, but I need to see. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And the, the same, it'd be the same for anything. That's why I want to throw myself in situations. It's the same, like you know, if, even if it was like a like ghost, UFO, you know, religious change, no, no matter what it was, I think I'd have to see it. The hmm. thing is, the, the argument with that is right because I've seen, you know, you see weird things sometimes. I'm, when I've said to you, I was, it was like a, it felt like I saw a ghost cat in my hmm. uh, flat. Do you remember when I? But then I was like, but I had had a bottle of wine. It was like it was just like a woo. I might have been seeing things. It might have been like one of my shoes or something that I felt like I tripped over. I, I, these dalliances aren't enough. Uh, it's, it's like if I saw lights in the sky, I didn't recognize that isn't enough for me to go, UFOs are real. I need to see them lights with someone who knows all about aircraft and say, what are them? And them to be like, I don't know. And I know about this mm. stuff. Or even, do you know what I mean? I need more than just my eyesight because I don't have enough knowledge. I need not a secondhand account, but also not just my own account because I actually don't have any knowledge. I need my own account with someone else who actually knows what we're looking at. <laughs> it's almost like Rick when we went to the Devil's Bridge and we saw them lights. Yeah. I'm seeing it and I'm like, wow, that's really weird and odd. I don't know what this is. I'm like, I'm still not like, that's definitely paranormal. I want someone with me who's like, who can explain to me what that is. Yeah. And if they can't explain, then I'm mm. like, whoa. I know what you mean. Yeah. You have to almost like disprove it to yourself first. They'll have someone yeah. else to be like, wait a minute, that's a bit fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But if they if they're just saying it's weird, it's not enough. And maybe these things could happen because, yeah, because I have a faith today because I've seen things which I can't explain, mm-hmm. and so I've fallen back on, like, yeah, I can't rationally explain 
whatever it is that is I've seen. So, so I'm actually jealous yeah, of you. That's interesting. For having experienced that because that that I crave that. I want that. I want to be able to see yeah. something where I can undeniably go, holy shit, you know, that is X or you know, that is Y. Yeah. I think that's yeah. I think that's gonna be this the same answer for a lot of people though. If you've yourself have experienced something you can't believe or you can't explain, it's gonna make you lean the other way. If you've even if even though I say oh, I've seen weird things, I've seen this that, and the other, none of it's enough, you know. Like maybe I'm greedy, but nothing. I haven't seen anything where I'm like, what? Well, even the Ouija board, it moved a bit for us. It started moving around, and I'm like, wow, what an interesting scientific experiment of our multi like conjoined wavelengths or whatever moving around. Or you know, I saw them lights. So I'm like, well, what a strange natural phenomena at night. Or I see them ghosts, I'm like, wow, I must be pretty fucking drunk. Um, <laughs> no, none of it's been enough. I don't know what would be, you're saying, what would it take? I think it has to be straight up in my face. There's no denying what mm. this is. Yeah. If there's, if there's, if there's room for doubt, it's going to, the doubt's going to overtake it. All right. Me and Rachel were watching The Order of the Phoenix last night. Right. What you need is like when Cornelius Fudge sees Voldemort and he goes, he's back. Yeah, exactly. And even then I'll be like, you was it someone dressed as Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the one that I could probably be most easily convinced of would probably be UFOs because mm-hmm. that involves seeing something and then you know, being able to say that's definitely not a regular sort of plane or you know, it's not going to be something that's military that's just going a bit fast i'm talking about something pulling wacky maneuvers doing all sorts of weird shit that's that's the sort of thing i think would would definitely push me a lot lower on the scale than where i am today Mm. it's about the thing i could think of that would be actually verifiable with ghosts i always lean more on because i don't have a i always say well i can't believe in ghosts because i don't believe in any religion so therefore i don't believe in spirit so therefore it just like my brain rationalizes it's like well how can you believe in ghosts you don't believe in any of the stuff mm. that they come from. Um, so for me, the only thing that would convince me of something like ghosts is like, you know, we're talking about creatures on another visual plane to us or some scientific thing. I'm not even like a big science head. I feel like scientifically explaining stuff ruins it a lot of time. But if there was some sort of, or, the, or like history can imprint on, in areas due to some scientific natural phenomena, it would have to be something like that to explain a ghost. Because I don't think it would take a lot to mm. shake my um, religious faith. I think I would need like a proper epiphany. Yeah, ghosts. I think I could apply a little bit of physics to because you've obviously got the whole you know energy is never destroyed; it only changes yeah. state, sort of thing. So I I could maybe rationalise seeing a ghost into something like that and saying there's a whole lot of unknown around that that I don't understand or get. You know, it could maybe be an imprint of the past or you know, if it's a ghost actively talking to me, some sort of preservation of energy through some sort of unknown means. There's, there's still enough where I can I could potentially be swayed to be less skeptical about it without necessarily saying it's 100 percent this or you know oh it's mm. uprooting mm. my entire system of faith mm. well that's interesting i suppose tis you can't really answer that question can you or could you i don't know what would it take you take for you to believe um hmm it's a pretty hard one um what would it take for me to believe i suppose it would be Harder because you and I put ourselves a bit lower than these guys anyway. Yeah. Um, I would like to see... It really depends on what the anomaly is, isn't it? I mean, um, Hmm. seeing... Seeing isn't everything either. 
like um like Bob said, it has to be right in your face. You have to be have you know because you can see uh, illusions. You know, you take some acid and you realize that you know seeing isn't always mm. believing. <laughs> But also, you can start to believe crazy <laughs> things about consciousness once you uh, go into a trip itself. I mean, uh, when when you say about you guys, this is for when you say about like what it would take. Does that have to be in sober reality, or if say you took some psychedelic mushrooms and started and died, you know, a million times over and experienced everything every which way, would you then start to question what? this is and whether um you know infinity doesn't exist that's true because i I suppose i suppose the drugs are a a very individual experience so it's 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 a really hard Mm. thing to do because yeah i suppose me and you could go away and drop the same amount of acid and have wildly different experiences yeah yeah it'd be it'd be very interesting to be able to experience what someone else had experienced on the trip it's not like quantifiable what you're gonna experience from taking a certain dosage of anything no um but i guess no. it, it, what it is is it is like what i'm asking is uh, this isn't just me this is a few people i've spoken to have experienced the same thing and it's like people that experience everything but not for themselves for every different every, imagine like you in every different reality possible infinitely happening at the same time and you've experienced mm. everything would that would you just put it down to oh it was you know the drugs effect or would you start to think that, that, that there's no compound or chemical that could really simulate that and that it must have triggered something inside of you which must be true I, th- I think for me, it would depend on the gravity of the experience. I think a lot of it would be me going, yeah, that was certainly the drugs, buddy. But yeah. it, I, I suppose you could experience something that would be profound enough to shake your your very core. I mean, I've heard of stories mm. of people like experiencing stuff like ego death and coming back from the other side utterly change people personality-wise and belief-wise. Yeah. So mm. never say never, I guess. This is what it is. It is like, it's strange because it is, obviously, we take a, a chemical which can do things but the profound nature of the experience really pushes that understanding to the limit where you can go, okay, I took something, sure, and it affected my brain in some way, but like, there's no explanation of how it did it and why it did it or what it's doing. So hmm. then you've got more questions than, than answers. It's interesting what you say about like seeing isn't necessarily believing because I think a lot of people, especially who have like religious experiences, would say it wasn't necessarily seeing something that changed them. It would it was a feeling or um, hear. Some people say they they heard the voice of God, maybe whether it was actual externally or within them. Yeah, and that mm. can be the thing. So I think an incredibly intense feeling can affect you yeah i've definitely had incredibly intense feelings that have affected me rather than literally like seeing something yeah as like a movie playing out or an image it's more a feeling that that thing is already happening without having seen it or you know experiencing it directly like talking to an alien yeah no i think yeah i agree (laughs) i think one uh, there's one author I've just been looking at my bookshelf and I've just reminded myself that like quite a few of my books uh, are 
or quite a lot of my theology books are apologetics. So, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So, you know, these are the reasons for God. This is lots of rational thought into the reasons for this kind of stuff. And so one of the uh, theologians that I like is a guy called Alastair McGrath, uh, who uh, was, uh, and to some degree is still, you know, good friends of Richard Dawkins. Uh, and so back in the day, um, Dawkins wrote The God Delusion, and then shortly after that, Alistair McGrath wrote The Dawkins Delusion. Um, and uh, it was, it, it's not as cynical and awful as it sounds. It, it was just really interesting, and in, in a lot of that he talks about how he finds it really interesting that, you know, they both went to Oxford University and studied the same stuff and he said even even right all the way through like their course they picked the same modules like every and none of it was like hey we're busy mates we need to pick the same stuff it was just no it just so happened to be that their interests were the same when they went to university they both went in stone cold atheists you know ex- pretty much exactly the same that's why they were good friends but by the time they came out of university Alison McGraw is a christian and so he just talks a lot a lot of what he talks about in his books is how he's just pondering this kind of stuff uh and just looking at the philosophy of of all this all this sort of skeptical talk uh and i always find that interesting and i I think that's a really interesting experiment even though it was never meant to be an experiment Mm. you can always look at it as one and be like and so i suppose that's why my conclusion is that faith is a very personal thing because something must have happened to Alistair McGrath that that changed his thinking, you know, and he's a very intelligent man, very rational thinking, uh, you know, a scientist, uh, and and yet the same thing could have happened to Richard Dawkins, and it wouldn't and it wouldn't have meant anything to him. Um, I like that he wrote like the he did like the theologian author version of a diss track with that book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, basically. But that, 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 um, that I agree though. That I think now I'm listening to what all three of you guys have said. I actually have come down on like, it isn't seeing, definitely isn't believing. I think if I see something, I'm always going to rationalize it. It has to come down to a feeling. Like you say, it's a, a personal feeling within you that's going to unlock something. There's nothing more personal than the way that you personally feel about something. So mm. it would have to be something changed within me or something affected me on a spiritual level, and I don't think that's going to happen from seeing something because I'm always going to rationalise it, no. seeing something, blah, blah, blah. I have to be feeling something. Yeah. No, and it depends on what you believe about God as well. So you, um, you know, so for example, there are people out there who attribute, you know, God is in complete control of everything, which I don't, I don't believe because otherwise then you have to attribute Every good thing and every bad thing that's ever, ever happened is under God's ultimate control. And he had control of these things. And therefore, over the last 18 months, God allowed the pandemic to unfold in the way that it did. Or, I don't know, God. Yeah, so basically, it's, to me, it, yeah, I, I couldn't believe in a God like that. Um, where was I going? I was going somewhere with this. What were we just saying? Uh, seeing, believing, feeling. Oh, seeing, um... Well, I've got to say, but just from what you said, it's actually really refreshing to hear a Christian talk about 
the god like that because there's so so many and you know the places where i went when i was when i was younger and mildly interested in religion it was all like mm. god is all powerful and fuck you you know he's at the top of everything there is no question in it and <laughs> you know and you start reading up on stuff like the yeah. paradoxes and stuff doesn't make sense mm. and it's, it's not it's, it's refreshing to hear another side of it it's like well maybe he's not all powerful <laughs> I know that Beef's not a fan of God moves in mysterious ways and oh, it's part of his plan. No, no you're not a fan of that stuff. So, <laughs> no, no, yeah, I've I've mentioned that before. So yeah. I've just reminded myself what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah, so I think the way that I approach things, and I understand that my faith is like there's no way that I can prove God exists, like no way at all. So that's where that's where faith comes in. I have to put an element of faith into this is what I believe, and it can't it can't be absolute. In just the same way that you can't disprove that God exists. Um, so at some point you have to make a decision and that decision is you either go for it or you don't. And, uh, I think like for me, as soon as you start putting God of, in control of everything, you know, then you start looking at some of the stuff that happens in your own life and you question that. And I think stuff has happened over the last 18 months to me and, you know, our family's gone through stuff and our friends have, gone through all sorts of hardship which to me like you just think um like why you know uh so you know just because i'm a christian doesn't mean i'm not uh you know and i'm a classic overthinker so i do think about this stuff very deeply and i do question it a lot uh like continuously which i think only strengthens my belief because i know i've thought about it a lot and i know i've like when I pray, it, it comes into my prayer. And I know that some people like to, when they pray, they get very like, very like respectful and they have to like be very like thoughtful about the way that they talk to God and they have to talk to God really politely and really nicely. And, you know, the Bible is just full of people being really angry with God and asking him all sorts of questions. So I think, um, yeah, doubt is still there. I just weigh it up probably a lot more than other people. If that makes sense. So I've so got, that was a big rant. No, it's good. That's the stuff I want. I've got. Uh, I'm going to cut. I'm going to edit it all out. The um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a question that's really kind of similar to one you just asked, Beef, but it's almost like the opposite of it. Um, so you said, you know, what would it take for us to to change our belief um, or mm. to reconsider something? So a question I've got here, which is actually one that Becca threw at me when I was writing my notes for this. You might not actually have an answer for this because I couldn't think of one off the spot. This is quite hard. So if you have, if not, we'll move on quickly. Uh, but has an event or experience or idea made you go back on or reconsider a previous skepticism? Has something happened to you that made you reconsider something you used to be skeptical of to any of you? It's hard. It's really hard to come up and think of off the top of your head. Mm. Sorry, I'm just trying to get my head around... What? So has something happened some to you reason, um, in your life yeah. that made you yeah. reconsider something that you used to be sceptical of? Has something already happened to you that okay. made you a believer in something or reconsider, not necessarily a diehard believer, but even just made you go, oh, maybe something that you were previously sceptical of? Yeah, I think, well, I think lots of the stories that I've shared previously came from me being in a place where I, you know, my, my parents were Christians, but I wasn't and... You know, I've mentioned that they, they let me just crack on. At no point did my parents interfere with my faith at all. They let me just, you know, go, go down my own path. Um, which the men actually, and I think most of, most of me growing up in a church was reading the Bible and seeing 
like reading about miracles and demonic activity and I was like well I'm not seeing this so it can't be true um and you know a part of me was like well maybe that was just in bible times maybe those things don't happen anymore um but I still was like well no that it would surely happen like it says in the bible Jesus said like we're still going to keep doing these things they don't stop with me so so I was skeptical I think that's probably what stopped me from becoming a Christian earlier than I did because I wasn't seeing it I wasn't seeing any of this stuff Mm. and I challenged I remember praying one day or or like I wasn't really praying it was more just like all right God well I need to see this stuff or it's not gonna happen um almost like throwing the gauntlet gauntlet down and it didn't happen straight away it was and then I was like well that's it then clearly doesn't exist um but over years opportunities came up and things happened and I saw stuff which I was asking to see. I was asking for specific things, and I and I saw those specific things. So, um, yeah, I asked to see demonic activity, and then I saw what I would explain anyway as as that. So, so that that definitely that probably then got me to where I am today. Um, otherwise, I might not be a Christian if that makes sense because I wasn't seeing it. I um I actually just thought while I was listening to that I thought of this might be more helpful for Tiss or Rick this might make jog your memory of stuff but for me um I can actually think of stuff that maybe reconsider stuff I was skeptical on so through the pod actually so uh from some sub some subjects which I've tackled and researched by the end of my research I was like maybe maybe there is something in this uh like when or when one of you guys have changed my mind or something so the idea of Bigfoot. I've never been sold on the idea of Loch Ness. And I went to Loch Ness. I was like, nah, like there's no monster in there. The Google have trawled this place and being there, actually being on the location and looking across the waves. I was like, I can imagine looking across here and thinking I saw something. I can imagine it. And all that did was cement mm. my belief of like, it's necessarily a Loch Ness monster. But when Beef said, I'm going to do an episode about Yeti, I was like, here we go. You know, Sasquatch. It's, uh, it's Bigfoot in the mountains big whoop by the end of it i was like maybe maybe there is something out there in the himalayas or or, or a different species of something i was like oh there, there might be something in this and by the end i was like this this is possible yeah maybe there is this creature out there that people have called the yeti over the years or whatever um and and the phenomena surrounding mothman i thought mothman would be a fun episode and by the end of it i was like well i don't believe there was a big monster moth creature but actually it might have been this 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 or this and i do believe that people saw something at this time so that actually through the pod and through proper research it's not like an experience it's just from digging deeper in something i've gone maybe so that that's another aspect mm. of my own question that I hadn't even considered myself. Mm. I love that. I love that Yeti played a big part in that. <laughs> I still feel like that's that's probably the most research I've done into any of the episodes I've ever done, I think. Uh, yeah. I'd say that's the same for me. Pretty much like some of the pod episodes where I've been sceptical at the start and then started to believe towards the end. Um, mm. Actually, quite a recent episode, I thought that I'd be quite open-minded to most things I hear. Um, and then ball lightning changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though, Tiz? I remember this is actually quite a good example for you. Early on, we were doing, we did a few UFO things, and you were very, like, poo-poo it, poo-poo it. And then yeah. I said, I threw the gauntlet down at you. And I said, okay, Tiz, I want you to go and research aliens and UFO stuff and pull out 
the best evidence you can and you did the episode called proof of aliens and it was you pulling out the stuff that you made you reconsider so that's a really you talked about the phoenix lights you talked about um things in paintings and hieroglyphics over the years that could only be portrayed that, that were obvious or seemed obvious portrayals of like um extraterrestrial and stuff like yeah. that and it was um interviews of people like knowledgeable people when they went to, they had the trials and stuff and you pulled together a really good episode, one of my a real early fave of mine, of just like this is the stuff that made me convinced or made me reconsider. So you kind of answered that question through that episode, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I love that ball lightning's such an obstacle for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this is not real. Once the season of skepticism's over, it's going to be a whole episode of ball lightning. I want to find yeah. a physicist just to sit you down and talk to you about it for like 10 minutes. I really want, I really would love like a, what do they call weather experts? Meteorologists. Mm. I don't know. I want yeah. one of them on, on the show to tell us about weird weather because I'm not going to be able to do it properly. <laughs> Ball lightning. Meteorologists say yes. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's been a few experiences that I've had, um, that I've questioned different things like death whether death was final and actually I, I mm. think it's actually really unlikely that there is nothing after death in my opinion that's just a, a firm belief of mine I just don't see it as an ending it's more um I don't know it's it's very it's a very strange one and also extraterrestrials I kind of veer more towards them being um something extra dimensional than like mm extraplanetary see that's interesting I, I go the other route on aliens where i i think it's more like um research and exploration drones because you know the sheer amount of energy you need to actually be able to move across stars is insane and why would they come here so often you know, given all the number of sightings just to have a little nose around and see everything they've already seen before so i could see it being more like data gathering because what's the quickest way to gather data send out a massive swarm of drones it's a good point. Why would they come all the way here and not make contact with us? Yeah. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't yeah, go all exactly. the way to another uh, planet and not ha- make contact. Have you seen our planet? <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> they point, actually. Yeah. We're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> they just drive by and go, fucking hell. <laughs> Some so of them fun. still believe it's It's flat. mostly in America as well, you know. Like They're just looking down like, fuck. Mm. <laughs> it's funny, Joel. Um, Joel's really into planets at the minute and into the solar system. Like most of the stuff we watch now is just video stuff on YouTube. Beef is, about is Joel a flat earther? <laughs> oh no, God no! <laughs> <laughs> um, but he like we were watching it and he just piped up. He said, "He goes, there must be other people on other planets." Um, and we just watched about all the planets. He said, but they can't live on those planets because they like, and he was talking about how like he said, some of the planets are far too cold and lots of them are too hot and some of them are too far away from the sun. And he said, but there must be other planets in other solar systems where people live. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. So it's just really interesting so, um, that from like, even as, like as a four year old, he was like, rational thought. There must be other mm-hmm. people in his head. He's like, the universe is. Because he said he was like, this is just our solar system, Daddy. And I was like, yeah. He said, there's other solar systems. I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I it's, don't know. It's almost easier to comprehend as a child. Because if you think about that stuff too much as an adult and you have more of a concept of like shape and space, it twists your melon too much. I can't think about it too much. It hurts me, it upsets me. Yeah. As a kid, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's infinite. Yeah, it's cool. I can get yeah. my head around that. 
Yeah, but as as a four year old, his his rational thought is like the universe is endless. There must be other humans. It wasn't aliens. It was adamant. It was like there must be other humans out there on other planets. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> I guess when we think about it, we think about intelligent life, don't we? Like in, in life more intelligent than ourselves. But I mean, when you think about um, just being other organisms in the universe, yeah. I mean that is so ridiculously likely. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's almost ridiculous mm. to be... There has to be likely. Like, there Even has to in be in like our amoeba. solar system. Mm. I mean, they found bacteria on asteroids, for Christ's sake. It's, it's yeah, everywhere. Exactly. It's, it's, it's the fabric of the universe. It is out there. And I think anyone who can just blanket go, nah, there's nothing else out there. It's just so ridiculously arrogant or that close-minded or short-sighted. Yeah. Because they can or only scared. think of like aliens yeah. as like little green men. They can't... Yeah. Some people can't think. No, aliens, just anything that isn't human, I guess. Little green man. Like, the the fish that you get at the bottom of the ocean are more alien than what we conceive aliens to be. Yeah, it's true. So, So, tardigrades. I'm just like, anything goes when it comes to aliens. I don't like it when scientists say, well, they can't be aliens there because there's no oxygen. I'm like, it's an alien, man. It can breathe something else. Like, I'm I'm up for, like, anything. (laughs) Can't tardigrades survive in a space vacuum? I think they can actually, yeah. They're ridiculously yeah. invincible. Mushrooms can. Yeah, mushrooms course can as well. Mushrooms really? are aliens. I, I'm actually I'm of the belief that mushrooms aren't originally from Earth. I believe that mushrooms came here on an asteroid. Because yeah, they're sure. so different to everything else on Earth. I mean what me and Tiz are talking about this, one day we have to do a weird mushrooms episode because there's so much to mushrooms. Yeah. Not just 100%. magic mushrooms, just mush fungus in general. Just fungi, There's yeah, so yeah. much to it. I yeah. think it's going to do an episode where you'll get really high. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's, that. that'd, be, that'd be quite good, though. That'd be the, the mushroom <laughs> experiment episode. Um, but yeah, I, I'm actually lean more towards the belief the more I look into it. I'm like, I, maybe mushrooms aren't originally from this planet. I, I think they came over f- through spores on an asteroid or through, through space or something, you know, thousands of years ago and landed here. I don't think they're originally from it panspermia theory there's a really good book um called entangled lives by um merlin sheldrake um that you should mm-hmm. read about uh about mushrooms really interesting there you go because they're essentially networked aren't they all, yeah it is like, a network. one organism yeah. almost it's crazy there's the biggest one on the planet is in oregon and it is like huge it's like that has a really cool name and it's just like basically like its network is across like the whole state or something it's crazy it's like wow. the biggest living mycelium network it's the biggest organism on Earth, and it's this mushroom in Oregon. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Something no. like 60 or 70% of the soil is mycelial networks. <laughs> mycelial fungi, like the, the, the connections between fungi is what keeps our soil from like washing away in, in like water and stuff. It's what holds the soil together and helps uh, plants communicate. And yeah, fungi like helped plants become... Um, self-dependent on on land, essentially from sea. Mm. Crazy. Once, a, once upon a time, there was mushrooms that were like as big as like fucking skyscrapers. Back when there was a shitload of oxygen on Earth and nothing else on land. I'm trying to find the name of this fungus, but I can't find it. I'll save it for the other um, for the mushroom, the eventual mushroom episode. Um, right. Okay. So uh, I guess we should move on. Wow, we haven't really not got through many of these questions. Tiss, have you got any bangers left? I haven't. I'm going to look from my notes. I'll look at my notes. Um, How has scepticism evolved over the past few years considering the rise of anti-science? Is that a question? 
It is. I. We could touch on it quickly. I think this is something we're going to hit as we come on to like, you know, we do the past, present, future mm-hmm. in the next few episodes. I think mm. that's definitely something that's going to come up in more detail as to why we are more skeptical now. But I, I think for me, like, it's almost like the, the, when we talk about conspiracy theories in particular, like, it's so draining now that I just want to be like, you know, we talk about our barometer, like our skepticism barometer, like you guys start at five and I start at seven or whatever, and then I might tip to like a six or an eight, or mm. Tiss is going to suddenly go five to ten straight away if he doesn't believe in For me, these modern conspiracies, as soon as I just hear anything about it, I'm like, ten, I don't want to mm. hear it. I'm so sick of like 5G conspiracy and all this modern day conspiracy is so, it's so stupid that I think it's made me more skeptical because I'm tired of hearing about it. And I think for a lot of people, it's made them either less skeptical because they believe in any old shit they read. They're just so willing to believe any nonsense. Like, I don't know how powerful they think, you know, some of our leaders are. Um, or Hmm. they're, totally skeptical to the point of i don't want to hear it idiots like straight away shut down mm. you know i had a, a taxi ride a couple of weeks ago went out to town to meet some friends and the guy got chatting to me we started by talking about ghostbusters because we looked around the same sort of age he had a few years of me and that was cool and then all of a sudden he asked me about uh covid and what my thoughts were and he starts banging mm. on about how it's the international monetary fund trying to control us and mm-hmm. bill gates is putting microchips oh. in us and all that sort of thing and i held up my phone to him and he was like what and I was like, this is a mobile phone. He's like, yeah. I'm like, this has got a built-in GPS tracking chip. It's got a SIM card with a unique identifier on it. This is all the information anyone with any technical nows would need to be able to track me 24 yeah. fucking 7 and listen into the conversation. Why the fuck would they inject you with a chip? Exactly. We're all already being tracked, guys. Yeah. Like this, this. <laughs> but his, his excuse was, oh, well, you don't know what new technology they've got out there. Obviously, you know, it's like Bluetooth, but like a thousand times more powerful so they can scan it from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they did that. That's terrible. That's the stuff that I'm, it's so tiring. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think, um, me and Rachel a couple of weeks ago watched the Flat Earth documentary <laughs> on Netflix. Um, just it, like we were looking for something. Like, when we want to watch something, I always want to watch, like, a hard-hitting film. And Rachel wants to watch just, like, a comedy. So, that was somewhere in between. I was like, it's a documentary, but it's, like, a funny documentary. Hard-hitting comedy. It's a comedy. It's basically a comedy. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard-hitting comedy. It's everything. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, um... It was... I actually felt like it was really well done. Like, it doesn't... Like, it's... The the documentary career following... These, these guys that believe in flat earth documentary, uh, theory, but they don't, it's not, it's not done in, with like mocking tones. They don't ask leading questions to make them look stupid. It's just, they're just genuinely curious as to why these people believe this. Um, but then throughout the documentary, it's kind of interjected with scientists from like Caltech and physics, uh, physicists from Harvard and just, they kind of like talk and, Every now and then it's almost like the documentary crew are like, oh, this is the bit where they talk about like the laser experiment that they did. Um, and even those scientists are not mocking. I, I actually felt like it was done really well. Like it's a nice balance because I also don't want to sit for an hour and a half and just watch 
people being slated. Like that's not. Like, I don't want to. Well, no, that's what our episode was. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is building up to be like. So what I'm trying to say is I'm now a flat earther. <laughs> no, <laughs> they, they me no, but um, like towards the end. One of the Caltech physicists had a, he said a good point. He said, actually, this is our fault. He said, the reason people believe this kind of stuff is a lack of education. And he said, and then we're too quick to mock it. And he said, and then they like showed this clip of, um, a convention, like a, a Caltech conference or something like that going on in, in LA. Um, and the guy, leading one of the talks mentioned flat earth theory for a little bit and it was all quite mocking and they were making jokes and he's like they're never these people are never going to listen to us if we're being this if we're mocking them in this way and so i think the reason this happens is like some of it that well that what they thought was was a lack of education or miscommunication or misinformation or miseducating people and he said and then coupled with mocking them when they get it wrong um and it then made me come away and think about the way we'd mock people on our episode and be like oh you know maybe maybe we've been quite quite mean we're not scientists no (laughs) it's true it's the same reason trump was dangerous we all we all mocked trump or people ever mocked trump all time and all it did is made his followers stronger or more you know, because cause mocking, that's why I got so sick of like Trump jokes, mocking Trump, blah, blah, blah. I'd rather just not talk about him because yeah. all you do is make him into a joke and it it removes any teeth of him and makes it feel like he's just a funny guy. And also, so that's one side of it is negative. And then also his followers are getting so angry at being mocked that they're going to come at you even harder. So it just doesn't, you don't mm. win with that sort of limp comedy. No. No, exactly. So what I'm saying is we need to go back and redo the flat earth episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was watching the night sky actually the other day. Um it was really fucking clear and I could see stars. I could actually see the galactic belt, which was fucking awesome. Nice. And it was the first time wow. I've actually sort of looked and seen f- there's so many satellites that go over. Literally so many. Mm-hmm. And you just think like even if I sat here and I believed in flat earth just seeing those, how, how can you explain that? They're going round and coming back. I don't, yeah, it's uh, it's mad. There's there's so much evidence to a round earth. It's painful. It hurts my brain to think about. There's so much evidence, not just like scientists, but like like visual, yeah, references independent yeah. of an expert independent of an authority figure well, this is where they don't help themselves because the, the throughout the documentary they set up experiments and they're all scientific experiments and they're like if we get this result then the the earth can't be flat and they get that result and they're like we're just going to check as to why we got mm. that result and you're like well if you are yeah. checking into it with, with an open mind and maybe and willing to be wrong that one doesn't count yeah exactly but anyway yeah it's like when Lisa sets all the chores in The Simpsons, uh, when they, when Marge goes away and they pick the chores out of the, um, the hat. And Homer's like, that one doesn't count, that one doesn't count, that one doesn't count, until he gets the one he wants to do. Hmm. Yeah. And she's like, well, why don't you, you know, do the washing up? He's like, well, if I pull out the washing up and it's, it's not, not, <laughs> it's not 
<laughs> yeah, and it's like it's not a test. <laughs> then it, then I'll do it. And he pulls out. He says, "See, there it is, washing up." But that one was a test. And he <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like that with the flat earth stuff. Okay, now we're gonna draw jobs from the chore hat. Come on, bikini inspector. Scrub toilet. Okay, that was the practice. 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 Okay, here we go. Feed fish. I'll supervise. You know, the reason for the hat... Oh, it's a great hat. No one's questioning the hat. Will you at least do the dishes? Lisa, I'll do the dishes when I pick it out of the chore hat, and it's not a practice. See? There it is. But that was a practice. Uh, okay, right. I've got um, I've got one question for each of you. We'll try and make him snappy because we're getting on. So, um, so Rick, mm. uh, by your early religious dalliances... Have you always been a skeptical person? Like, have you, would you, would you say you've always been skeptical? Would you say, I mean, some of these have been kind of dis- discussed. You, you said before that you've become more skeptical as you've got older, but would you have always have considered yourself as like, I'm a skeptical person? Oh, God, no. No, I was, I was always wide open to right. all sorts of interesting things. Like, um, one embarrassment that I, that I'll admit uh, on this pod for the first time is, uh, there were, there was a PC shop that was, uh, down in my hometown and they chucked out a load of stuff one day and basically the side alley next to the house had tons of stuff in there. I homed in on this blue CD just cause it looked mysterious and I took it home. <laughs> it had, it's the most bizarre collection of things like weird images, hacking tools, downloads of alleged Ooh. government discussions, you know, alien evidence and <laughs> stuff from like the occult and stuff like this. And, and I, I started having a little read through some of the occult documents because yeah, it'd come up in some of the things that I'd seen. And I remember seeing this one that was talking about like night magic and being able to summon things and, you know, g- attain great power and all this sort of shit. And my, my little tiny brain at 11 years old was like, neat. So I I tried some of it and like just as I started to do the first thing I was like I look like a fucking idiot I was I was sat there <laughs> in my dressing gown with a butter knife and had like a tray that was being used some sort of altar and I was like nah you know fuck this and I think that was kind of one of the jump off points when I sort of realised that people can believe anything and it can be horribly stupid but they can still follow it along you know it got me to the stage where i was doing something stupid yeah, that i just read from a away. bloody text file got way too carried away and i think that's kind of what opened my skepticism doors but yeah earlier on early on i was I, I could have been signed up into a cult you know it was it was bad <laughs> um tis early on in the show you um considered yourself very spiritually open to sort of anything um, you know, Eastern philosophy, a bit of, you know, Christianity, a bit of this, bit of that, bit of whatever, very spiritually open. Mm-hmm. That was how you uh, identified yourself early in the show. Would you still say that you're as spiritually open or do you think you've become less spiritually open since the start of the show? Uh, less? Yeah, probably less. Yeah. I, I, yeah. No, it's not something we talked about. I think it's something we're going to go into in more detail when we talk about us and we investigate ourselves but i just wanted what you thought of that because i felt it was but yeah carry on um yeah a lot less i can't think how i used to think about things but um yeah i don't know i just um yeah it's hard to really put into words i can't i'd have to listen to what i used to believe and try and dispute that against what i believe now Mm -hmm. um i don't really believe in like um I enjoy philosophy from all corners of the world, but I don't p- 
put stock in them to the point of being like, this is the one true thing. It's just lots of people saying things. Sometimes they ring true, um, but it's probably just the human condition. Just, you know, everyone has similar experiences and linking beliefs that, that bind us all. We're all connected in some way. Tess, what about in light of the um, prophecy episode that we had a few months ago with James and Becky? Yeah, what was said on that one again? Oh, don't worry. (laughs) 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 What was said on that one? I can't remember. Oh, remember, I remember when they prophesied some stuff, yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah, it's just hard to... um, Hard to quantify It's like I said, seeing is, is not always believing. I could literally be... I could see things which are amazing and unexplainable, but if I don't feel, they don't feel 100% to me, then it's like, it's hard mm. for me to get infused so about for them. Me, for me, just with that sort of thing, it's like any of the experiments I've done on the show. So the EVP experiment, the Ouija one, the prophecy, the tarot reading, mm. the um, astrology, all of those at the moment of doing them, I really enjoyed getting into like trying it out, you know, trying that on and going full in on the experiment. And in many of the cases, I mean, the big ally was the EVP, so didn't get anything, but in many of the cases got something out of it. And I was mm. like, Oh, cool. Okay. This is why the people are into this. This is why people are into that. That's cool. But none of them beyond the day they happened on stuck with me. No. It would take something for it to really affect me or really stick with me to change me fundamentally. It's just like almost like role play for one day. Like that was cool. That was fun. That was an interesting mm. glimpse into other people's beliefs and throwing myself full hog into it. But I, none of them I took with me beyond. Maybe I did reflect on them for the, the next maybe couple of days or week or, or whatever, but none of them really stuck with me beyond yeah, the moment. Yeah. It's funny you say tarot actually because tarot. I don't see. I think that's as, the one that uh, got you the most. I don't see it as a, a like a need to believe in tarot. Tarot just is it for me. Tarot isn't it isn't a supernatural thing. It is just cards that um, can be used to access parts of your brain for yourself. It's like when we're talking, we're having this discussion episode right now, and we're asking mm-hmm. questions. Imagine those questions are tarot cards. I, mm-hmm. When I ask a question, it prompts you in your brain to rather than be just picking from thin air, it, it gives you sort of a location to look for a thought and then it manifests in your brain and then you speak it. That's what a tarot card is essentially to me. Yeah. Um, it's not a spiritual. Well, I, yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people believe that, or maybe they do. <laughs> that's that's just, interesting. Yeah, it's just cards that prompt thoughts. With the tarot thing, I don't think I don't know if we ever said it on the pod because I got my tarot reading done on the show. Yeah, and we talked to Nikki, and, and it was cool. The stuff it threw out was was really cool. Um, and Nikki's really good. She's done it for years. Um, but then I think we said you know, on that episode, oh, you were going to get yours done as well, but you didn't want to do it on the recording. But then even after that, I think you went back and had another one with Nikki. Yeah, yeah. Personally. So it's something that you, almost as a method of getting your thoughts in order or something. Tara is very therapeutic 
for sure. Because I, I went with you one time when you got yours done, not for the pod. I was there for an I was like, yeah, I'm going over anyway, so yeah, know, I'll come along and yeah. Lids does tarot a lot. Like she mm-hmm. does it. She does it quite a lot when she needs to have a deep think about what's just just to cut, decompress from things and sort of get her mind on track. And um, we've done it quite recently together, where we've picked cards. We did Lamas um, with her brother and his wife. We we celebrated Lamas, which is the end of the harvest season. It's a pagan sort of festival, and we did like uh, we had a little fire and um, picked tarot cards out. And those tarot cards related to you know things we were grateful for for the from the last harvest and things we hope to happen in the next harvest. And yeah, it's not, yeah, it's just, uh, just really, you know, if, if, if you say like, oh, what are you grateful for? It's hard to really pick something, but then a card then is sort of described to you. And then instantly you kind of, you know, where to look in your brain for that thing. And without that card, you probably wouldn't have thought of that in the instant, especially speaking it out loud. It's so powerful. So it, it those cards are kind of like they're kind of playing you like an instrument. It's not you yeah. playing them. They're like uh, keys yeah. to the locks of your brain. Totally, yeah. So the way you talked about that stuff made me feel like, Tis, you haven't lost all your spirituality. Because to you, that doesn't sound that spiritual. But to a lot of people, what you just said that you were doing very recently, that has an element of spirituality to me. Mm. Yeah, I guess It's so. just if you're looking for it in different places and not realizing it. Because maybe it's that natural to you, you don't consider it as like a... Yeah, a spiritual thing. It doesn't seem spiritual to me. It seems rational and um, part of part of life. But yeah, I guess I guess it might seem spiritual. Right. So beef. I've got uh, another one for you now. Done, Rick. Done, Patissas. Um Beef. You touched on this a little bit. Mm. But have there been times when you've been skeptical of your faith? Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't. I wouldn't class it as skepticism by the way if any of if, if it's if there's anything that's don't feel like you have to talk about anything too personal if you don't want to like particular examples or anything but just generally yeah yeah no 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 that's fine i think um no there have been times definitely within the last year as well where um yeah things have happened and they've been unfortunate and i've probably questioned why they happened in those in those ways um and i think some of the most harmful ways of approaching that kind of stuff is to say like you said earlier you know well god god works in mysterious ways and and you're like well no that doesn't work that doesn't explain why someone may have died when they didn't need to or you know it's so um i guess i wouldn't call that skepticism that's actually why i that's that that is the very reason i find the bible to be as helpful to me as it is because it you know it's funny like if i if i when i read the bible i always come away from it and think if it was me i wouldn't write it like this because it's full of people doubting god and asking god questions and being angry with god when things go wrong or when events happen in their lives that they don't want to happen you know a lot of it is a lot of the psalms is basically why god you know, why did this have to happen and so actually i that's why i find it so helpful because i read the bible to gain it's almost like um if you read the yeah if you were to read the bible purely as an evangelical tool 
you wouldn't want any of that stuff in it. You'd want it to be full of people being very, like, brazenly, this is exactly what the Bible, this is exactly who God is, and this exact, you know, God is never wrong, and God is, but it's not. It's full of people who ask these kind of questions. So I think it's not really skeptical. I just think it's, um, recognizing that we live in a broken world and sometimes you see God do things and sometimes I don't. And it's just understanding that, yeah, like I say, we live in a, in a fallen, broken world where things aren't as they should be. And, um, but that still doesn't answer my questions. And I think it's, I think the most damaging thing you can do is, is block those questions and those doubts, which some Christians do. They tend to, think, oh yeah, but if I think about it too much, then I won't be a Christian anymore. I mean, you're like, well, then that's that's probably a healthy thing. If you have that much doubt, then you should probably approach it and deal with it rather than blocking it. So You should never, like, not question yourself through fear of what you might make you think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It might make me think that I'm not a Christian anymore, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, uh, which is why I've, yeah, like I say, which is why I found you know, my, my studies to be so helpful. Um, mm. so I, I would, I, I guess I'd have to say no, because it doesn't make me more skeptical. It just brings me back to that place of, it almost brings me full circle. Like, so it's almost like peaks and troughs. You have moments where life is brilliant and, you know, I'm, I might give God, you know, credit for those things or be like, this is great. You know, life's great. Thank you very much. But then you have troughs where it's terrible. Something happens that you can't explain and it doesn't feel right. And you feel like if I was God, I wouldn't let this happen. Or if I was God, I would have done something like this. And it's like, um, you know, like the Bruce almighty thing. I know it's just a film, but it's, there are some truths in there as a Christian. It's like, if I was God, I would do things differently. Um, so yeah, I guess not. I think that's probably actually it makes me stronger in my faith because when I experience hardship, it's not, you know, you can find it in the Bible and almost certainly, you know, Jesus himself went through those hardships. So actually, um, it, I find answers if that makes, that sounds, I know that sounds weird, but it, for me personally, it, it probably, it's almost like, yeah, you go through moments of, having lots of faith and not really having many doubts and then you experience something which makes you doubt and then it brings you back up the peak again because you question and question and question and then um yeah it brings you back back to that place that you were before um so you say it's only natural to always question yourself in anything in life and i think there's the expression um healthy skepticism and i think all of us would agree that there a certain amount of skepticism is healthy like it like beef said really early in this in this episode you know if, if you meet someone whose skepticism level whatever barometer thing that we talked about is at a zero that's kind of unhealthy uh, and rick was saying we well, meet someone that's a 10 that's kind of unhealthy too you know you're not gonna someone who's gonna completely shut down everything and someone who's just gonna completely like blindly believe anything they say both unhealthy you need like that balance of the healthy skepticism and i think we would all agree that a certain amount of it is healthy yeah definitely wow we've been recording for a long time and i feel like we're only just scratching the surface has anyone else got anything they want to like quickly throw out before we wrap up 
The only thing that I really want to say that I've not been able to cover, because it's quite a big topic unto itself, is that psychic mediums are perhaps some of the worst people in existence, and Mm. if there's any out there that are listening to this, go jump off a fucking bridge, please. (laughs) Well, Rick, we get to talk about that later in this this run, a little bit. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Um, This this season of Skepticism is going to start with the most sceptical episode go for a journey with us and it's going to end with an equally really sceptical episode of me and Bricks revisited at the end of it <laughs> so we're going to have like a real like scepticism uh, sandwich here mm. um, but wow yeah we've had so much to go through and I think f- me, Beef and Tiss even if we've got stuff we still want to say tonight I've still got notes I've got. we've got a whole season to run mm. through some of this stuff it hasn't come up tonight I've got a last tricks next to some of this that we can bring up again but yeah it's late we're running up on time so um, I know we said we're going to start questions of the week, listeners. I think we're going to be a bit too busy with the content of this series season and with guests to start doing that. And we're going to be asking ourselves loads of questions anyway. So, um, let's just have a, a last hurrah of like quick listener of the week stuff for this run. And then we'll start the questions next time. I have already got some cool questions. So from next season, we're going to be doing send us a quick fire question. We're going to rattle it off at the end. And we've got some cool ones already. But for now, listen to the week. Tis, who's the guy you met at your rave? It's uh, Jack Devaney or Jack Devaney. Um, yeah, listener of the week. Big up, dude. Listener of the week. <laughs> Thanks for listening, man. Uh, listen of the week. There's quite a few mentions on this show as well. Final ever uh, pet of the week as well, because we're retiring that. I'll retire that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to retire it already, but then... Um, what about wedding of the week? Then I got, I got sent a monster of a pet of the week this week, and I was like, okay, it has to be on there. Um, and it's actually Anthony Anderson. So Boo. he'll never be listener of the week, oh. but we'll give him the final ever pet of the week. Yeah, that's something. You should be pleased with that. And also, it's, it's not really his pet. He's he's looking after the, after the pet, so it doesn't really count. But he's been looking after um, this beast over the last week, uh, Monty. Whoa. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's uh, that's, that's a like beautiful so, dog. Three times the size of that child. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it, what a beast. Yeah, that, it's a big beast, yeah. Um <laughs> So, so last time I the work, Monty, cap it off in style, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, a St. Bernard? I don't know if he said what breed it was. I'm terrible at dog breeds. It looks like Beethoven, doesn't it? Or he looks like Beethoven. Looks like Mothman. <laughs> Mothman. He just said, um, his name's Monty and he's an absolute huge specimen. <laughs> yeah, he certainly is. That's the biggest dog uh, I've ever seen. Incredibly friendly. Yeah, big dogs. Some big dog dogs tend to be, don't they? When we were away camping last week, we were in. We went to. We just went for a pub lunch, and then someone walked in with an Irish wolfhound. Oh. Yeah, they're big buggers. Joel couldn't mm. believe it because, like, one point I took him into the toilet, and this dog was basically laying down, and it was like the whole pub. <laughs> it's just this dog. <laughs> Joel was like, "That dog is on massive." It. Like, yeah, <laughs> ginormous dog, but so docile. Like, really friendly looking dog. But yeah, congratulations, Anthony. So yeah, you've you got a shout out. Um, other stuff. So uh, for charity stuff, this run, um, for charity stuff on this run, uh, we're going to sort out later in the run, but we really want to focus on not just this season, but the next season, basically until the end of the year, uh, various uh, mental health charities. Um, close friend of the show had some really tragic um, news recently, really horrible stuff. So we really want to support 
anything we can to do with mental health, especially in, um, I think, young to middle-aged men who have troubles talking about this stuff uh support some of those charities we're doing a bit of research if you as a listener know any that you would really recommend us uh chucking some money their way for advertising for the next next couple of series do it because we're probably going to spread it over a a couple of different charities uh but all based on that uh because it is something that affects all of us um as we've talked about and um and people we know and people that we care about so that's that's what's going on this season um we're not announcing any particular charity at the moment but that's that's the route we're going down feel free to send uh, suggestions our way awesome um and quickly if you want oh yeah and if you do want to suggest that so <laughs> how to do that you can email it's uh w-t-a-t-u pod at gmail.com uh you can go to the website with tales in the unexplainable.com you can contact through there as well um you can go to my website bobshoy.com that's b-o-b-s-h-o-y.com to see other shows on the podcast network that i run of the shows i do um i've just released the final episode of five minute folklore so that whole run is there for you to listen to now uh it's a lovely little project that rick uh, is on nearly every episode on as well of as well mm. um and there's there's other stuff on there um i've got the the simpsons pod is nearly wrapping up at the moment there's like one episode two episodes left something like that there's going to be a nice round 25 episodes and i've got other things in the works so keep an eye on that if you want to support my time researching editing hosting all those things you go to patreon.com slash bobshoy um also on that website weirdtellsinthexplainable.com there's all our social media pages there's ways to buy t-shirts there's ways to support us monetarily there's all that stuff you know it all I can't bother to go into it in great detail. It's all there. Um, Rick, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate thanks, it. Man. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. That was, was awesome. Can't wait for the next one. It Hit was him. a real meaty start to the season of skepticism, skepticism I think. Um, mm. Yeah, so listeners, for the next one, we're going to be delving into our past. We're doing an episode called Who We Were, and it's... Uh, we're going to be joined by a long-time listener of the show, someone who's listened since day dot, and they've gone back and listened to some really early episodes. Uh, we're going to try and go back and listen to some early episodes, and we're going to sort of analyse who we were compared to who we are now and look at our journey <laughs> uh, through the pod. So this is that self-analysis stuff that Tiss was teasing last season that the listeners like the idea of and we've sort of run with, so it's going to be a, a fun journey, I think. You should call it Who Do You Think You Were?, who do, do, who like do we jingle, think like... we were? Oi, who do you think you were? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we're done. So finally, Beef, uh, make the big announcement that I had to edit out of the last episode. Oh, Rachel's pregnant. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Love you lots. Bye. Yay. Exciting. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Is that it? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're going to find out Thursday if it's a boy or a girl. Well, hey. So, because Joel keeps asking. So we're just going to find out. And it, I think it makes up, it easier. We can start thinking about names as well. Yeah. Because if it's a boy, we're going to struggle because we don't have many boys' names. But if it's a boy, it's going to be easy in other ways because you've already got loads of boys' stuff. Yeah, exactly. Much easier. And much easier for living in a, a two-bed house as well, if you've got two boys. Yeah, exactly. That's what my dad was saying. When yeah. he had the twins, he was like hoping they were both going to be boys, because it's difficult <laughs> otherwise. Yeah, that would have been a nightmare. Or yeah. both be girls, but either way, they will both be the same, you know? Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, very exciting. I'm going to have no money. Yeah. But a brand new baby, so it's pretty cool. 
<laughs> and Tears has also got a baby on the way. <laughs> nah. <laughs> well, thanks. Oh, I'm going to yeah. stop recording now. Bye, everyone. Love you lot. Awesome. Bye, Bye, Bye. Bye. I just noticed I'm a bit burnt. You can tell from when you put your finger on your face and it gets a bit white and then it turns back to red, isn't it? Does it always mean you're burnt? <laughs> I don't know. I'd love to be a fly on the wall inside your brain. My hands are like that anyway. It might be a blood pressure thing. Mm. I've been in the sun all day, though. Maybe you're just so. blushing because Weird Tales is back. That's, that's probably You're blushing because Rick's on, we have a guess. <laughs> <laughs> nah, literally fucking my whole neck. Jesus Christ. I am so red. Mate, you never put sun cream on. I don't think I've ever seen you put sun cream on. I do. I didn't today, though. Well, there you go. There's the I didn't today, which proves your point. But I do usually. <laughs> um, so, scepticism. Mm. Who's introducing the episode? Uh, don't mind. Rick, do you want to do it? Oh, Christ, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd give you the option. Uh, Beef, you do it. You haven't done one for a while. I've been intro for a while. Okay, no problem. So whenever you're ready, Hello. Beef. You... Sorry. Hello. <laughs> I keep jumping the gun. Third so the practice. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought I'd just dive straight in there so I didn't have to think about it. Yeah. Um, I'm all quite loud. Hang on a second. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.